Can I just have a word? Can I have a word with you? I feel it like it doesn't work. work. <laughs> Would you let me speak? Okay, do it. <laughs> okay, go. Welcome to the Nail Polish Sisters. Chef's kiss. Welcome back, bitches. Uh, so, uh, what did I do this weekend? I saw Scream. Go see it if you haven't. It's really good. I'm not sponsored by Scream. I wish I was. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son is in that movie who is somebody that I know and adore, and I'm so happy for him. I have a question. What happens after you're a junior? (laughs) (laughs) No, maybe you're not a junior anymore. Cuba Gooding Sr.? No, so there's Cuba Gooding, and then there's Cuba Gooding Jr., Jr. and then there'd be Cuba Gooding the second. Cuba Gooding sophomore. (laughs) (laughs) Cuba Gooding Jr. the first. Cuba Gooding Jr. the the first? Okay. That makes sense. So then does now, so now here's my next question. Yeah. When you become, for example, thank you, Cuba Gooding (laughs) Gooding Jr. for letting us use your name here. Once you become the junior, does that attach senior to the father's name? Name your kid a junior, you automatically become the senior. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Okay. So this intro has just become about Cuba Gooding Jr. Anyway, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire, show me the money. But yeah, and best scene ever. So good. That movie is so good. Jerry Maguire is so such good. a good movie. Although I will say I had one issue with it, which was like the quickness in which they fell in love. Like I couldn't can get into I couldn't it. keep up with the timeline. So I was really confused. Yeah. I was like, wait, you're getting married. It's been three days. But I don't I think I think time had jumped. Movie magic. <laughs> movie magic. Movie magic. Anyway. But so yeah. today we're going to discuss movies. Movies. Movie, movie magic movie magic too intrusive thoughts and friendship again friendship and the oscars because those were last week and two weeks ago something i should tell everyone is is tangled this has got to be one of my favorite movies oh i made jamie watch we had a sleepover and i made jamie watch tangled do you know what also i have to tell people what i don't know if you guys have ever seen well actually you probably have seen <laughs> these photos because it is our cover photo of or key art whatever the freaking fuck this shit's called um the thing that is us that says the nail polish sisters that you are currently looking at as you are listening to my voice got it cool there's a lot of photos from that photo shoot they're sometimes on our instagram if you haven't followed us yet follow us at the nail polish sisters um we need you guys we post polls and stuff so you want to get involved duh but what I was going to say was, we took those photos at the Brightly. Shout out Katrina. Shout out Katrina. And I just wanted to point out, since then, Salma Hayek has taken photos at the Brightly. Becky G has taken photos at the Brightly. Queen and queen. Two queens with two sisters, aka me and Jamie. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to point out that the Brightly is a really cool spot and you get cool photos there and... It yeah. honestly is so aesthetically pleasing it's in there. It's stunning. So honestly, look at Salma Hayek's photos. Look at Becky G's photos. Look at our photos. Google the Brightly while you're at it. Have fun. Have fun is right, honestly. And if I did not live in LA, I would go stay at the Pendry for yeah. sure. 100%. It's cool such good hotel. vibes. Right in the middle of West Hollywood. Fun. Funky. They also fresh. have, don't they, they have a music room. They have like they a have performance the, the room. The Sunrose Room. The Sunrose Room. With performance. It's beautiful in there, I have to say. We just love Katrina. So go say Thingy. hi to her. Um, Who's sponsoring our episode today? Today we are <laughs> sponsored by none other than G Units. 
Oh, yes. Tell them about so, it. So, Bella, our dear Isabella, a.k.a. Melissa. Okay, cool. A.k.a. Um, Kim, a.k.a. Jizz Nation. Those are all my names for her. My hair looks crazy. No, uh, well, yeah, it does. You got a little tail on the back, but it's still the cute. rat tail. Oh, my God, let me braid it. Braid the rat tail. She does. So, Isabella here has picked up in a very short time, I feel like, knitting and crocheting and this is her first like big product that she's made she made this sweater sweater. from scratch and she created her own (laughs) product and it's beautiful it looks great on her she has a very good eye so she's really good with colors thank you and she made me a beanie that i wear all the time and she's currently making lauren a baklava i don't know what it's called balaclava balaclava she's already made one of those for herself yes i have she is a knitting queen oh do you want to do you want to show the balaclava we can show the balaclava throw me that shit it's heavy be careful okay it's the bunny ear balaclava now this is just promotion for Genit. Yes. Thank you, boys. Um, its ear is a little Ooh. fucked up, but this is the balaclava but look with the how bunny good, like, ears. Your stitches are so good, Bella. Anyway, so Genits. Maybe one day I'll sell shit. Who knows? But still, congrats on that hobby. Thank you. Congrats on being good Everyone at it. Everyone should get a hobby. Before we get into this episode, what I shall say is, in order to help you with your intrusive thoughts and anxiety, hobbies are helpful. I Knitting know. is helpful. Because what am I doing? I'm focusing on my knitting. I'm not focusing on my brain. Yeah, honestly, maybe I should pick up knitting again. But I might drop. I do remember this, and hopefully he doesn't listen to this. But I think one time I like broke up with my ex boyfriend while I was knitting. Like I was just like, yeah, we're done. And then we, and then I was knitting. He was like, really, you're gonna say that to me when you're knitting? And I'm like, yeah, but I can think really clearly, so I mean it. You know what? If your <laughs> you ex boyfriend listens to this podcast. I would kindly ask you to never listen again. Thank you. We need listeners, but, but not, not you. you. <laughs> I agree. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Kim. Yeah. That's all. I think, yeah, part of that, it, it, it inflames my intrusive thoughts, shall we say. Yeah. You're done. If I ever see you on the street, I'm kicking you. In <laughs> the shins. Yeah. Kicking or like in. a little what's the worst like when you flat tire so i'm just no, like I'm gonna get him, the, him for i'm miles. gonna literally shoot him with an arrow in his achilles heel achilles oh. achilles 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 song of achilles achilles heel sorry i'm yes. thinking not achilles chilequiles <laughs> chilequiles <laughs> anyway i'm going to sniper him with a golden arrow into his chilequiles <laughs> and he's fucking done man <laughs> he's fucking done and then he can't walk and that will be a really proud moment for me i want to inflict maybe trauma it'll kill my intrusive upon him as well i just maybe he can't walk with his left foot who knows anyone who's done jamie wrong i'm coming for you <laughs> <laughs> thank you queen we all need we all need one of these we all need these baklavas Ava rocks <laughs> Ava rocks Okay, let's get into this shit. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Please rate, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Hello. We're back with another segment 
of the Jamie and Bella show. Let's round of applause for Jamie and Bella. Live audience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Live audience. Thank you. Let me just, you know what I noticed at the Oscars? What? When I was watching the red carpet. Why when men are walking the carpet, they're like to the photographers. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why, why are we praying and waving? Just take your photos. <laughs> just take walking. your photos. I don't and need get you. out of here. It just felt, it feels so performative and like, I'm here. Thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. like, okay, do that when you win the Oscar. I can't imagine do anybody who's ever done that was being genuine about it. It feels so fake. It feels fraudulent. Fraudulent. But it's like all the men do it. Like the women pose because they maybe it's just men don't feel like they don't know what to do afterwards. Yeah. Like maybe it's the fact that like these women are in such crazy long gowns and stuff that that's the whole thing on the carpet. So maybe they feel awkward because they're all just like in suits and tuxes and stuff. Well, you break it down. The whole thing is pretty awkward. Yeah. Like you're walking on a carpet that is a color. That is a color. It's never a normal carpet. Red carpet, white carpet, pink carpet, blue carpet. Anyway, colorful Mm -hmm. carpets. And it's just uncomfortable. But I just don't get why it's like, hello. It's like, ha, I win. I win. (laughs) You lose. What's that song? I win. You lose. I don't know. I feel like we've done this before. And I was saying that and you're like, what's that from? And then I never figured it out. And I continue to do this. And it's just a spiral. This is our life. Speaking Welcome. of spirals. Welcome. Welcome. So how were the Oscars to you? <laughs> Listen, if I'm going to be really frank, I did not watch them at all. I watched um, a couple speeches okay. of the people that I was happy who won. But I felt like a fraud because if I was to watch and like actually watch i would have wanted to watch all of the films and i did not Mm. um i was not big on the movie game this year Uh, i've been taken more down a route of watching tv shows right now so i think i'm more of an emmy gal at the moment pick your poison yeah so that's where i'm at and also i don't know there's something about like my hand is doing something weird um but there's something about those kinds of award shows that like are inspiring but kind of make me feel like a little defeated so it just depends where i'm at in my brain if i'm like oh i'm really excited for these people that i'm gonna watch and then sometimes if i'm like feeling really bad about myself on a day of an award show i'm like best not to remind me of all the things i'm not doing right now yes but to play the devil's advocate in this situation i think what made this one, I don't know, the last couple of years, I mean, this lap and then COVID and yeah. it was just like really weird the last couple of years. This felt like the first real year with like movies that mattered yeah, more so than the last couple of years. Like I didn't really, I don't really remember the movies from the year before, but what I was going to say is it was pretty inspiring to watch because the, honestly, all four made of sense. the winners were like, just background had really cool stories, like key I don't know how to say his name. Ki-Hu Kwan. Ki-Hu Kwan? I think that's how you say it. He was essentially out of the business. And then he got everything ever all at once and then won an Oscar and will be hopefully working again. Yeah. And I mean, Brendan Fraser is the same where it's like his career has had highs and lows and highs and lows, but it's been out of the low for a while. And then he won. And then Michelle Yeoh, 
she does a lot of foreign films, but like never has like made it big in America. And then Jamie Lee Curtis has been doing like indie movies for the last 40 years. What an absolute fucking queen she is. So I would say this year was pretty inspiring to watch because it was like you got to watch people who never gave up on their dreams, have Mm -hmm. their dreams come true. That's a really nice theme, I think. And I think like when you told me all of that stuff, it was like, oh, I'm so happy that's happening. And I probably will start watching the Oscars again. But I think you're right. I think it also had to do a little bit with like the way that the Oscars had been the past couple of years. Just like I think COVID kind of messed him up for a little. I mean, it messed up movie going for a bit. Like we couldn't go to theaters like it just like the community of movie watchers felt very different. Yeah. Because you weren't watching it on like big screens. And and there are certain movies that I ended up watching at home like the Fablemans. And I was like, damn it. That after I finished it, I was like, I wish I'd seen that in a theater in a theater. Oh, my God. I went to see Scream on Sunday. How um, was it? It was honestly amazing. I love the Scream movies. I think that they're so good, actually. And again, like, I don't know why shit like that doesn't get nominated because there's some really good acting going on in that. There are some really beautiful, like, edits and, like, director stuff happening there. It's, it's, it is a full-ass film. You know what I mean? It is a real film. And I was like, damn. I was really, really impressed. I don't know. I had such a good time watching it, although I was scared and... Those type of movies are not good because I get scared at night, but they're so unrealistic. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you feel like, though, watching a Scream movie, like some horror movies are definitely harder to watch than other ones because like when they feel a little like too close borderline real, whereas like a Scream movie. Yeah. If a man's chasing you in a mask and trying to kill you and your family in a weird Scream mask. Yeah. It's very... It's like almost satire, but it's also terrifying. Yeah, it's so good. And also Hayden Pen. I don't know how to say her. Penetier. Yeah. Love her. Ice Princess. Obsessed with her. Do you remember Ice Princess? Of course. What's the other actress's name who I love in that too? Georgina Sparks. Georgina Sparks. Michelle. Trachtenberg. Yeah. Great. Honestly, whoever was casting those movies. (laughs) They did a really good job back in the day. Because now they're all stars. Yeah, Hayden Panettiere was so good in the Scream movie. I was like, you're such a queen. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed it. So that's what I did instead of watching the Oscars. Well, you still saw a movie, so you're doing something productive with your time, I would say. I mean, the Oscars can get kind of boring because then it's like, and it's great, obviously, that everyone gets acknowledged. But when it goes on for four hours, you're just like, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm out. I could have honestly just watched for like the big the big ones, the big guys. Yeah. It was funny too, because I, I was laughing the people who won best sound, I think it was for Top Gun. They all didn't want to speak, which I thought was funny because they're in sound yeah. and like they wouldn't like the irony. There was one guy and he like, they kind of forced him to the front and he didn't say much. And he like looked at his friends to like, for them to say something. They all were like, no. And they just walked off. And I was like, this is so funny. Cause you guys are in sound and you're not making sound. Anyway, that was silly. Jimmy Kimmel's opening was also good. I saw a couple jokes of his. I forgot. The Nicole Kidman one was hilarious. Hilarious. And then the Austin Butler one made me laugh too. Which one was the Austin Butler one? He was saying, he was like, oh my God, like Elvis is here. Or Austin Butler who played Elvis is in the room, but also Elvis is in the room because he was like making a joke about all the the, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said something about how Tom Hanks before they started um, oh, they wrote letters to each yeah. other. Yeah. And he was like, and it just proves like how silly this all yeah. is. And I was like, that is so funny because it's so true. It's so true. It's like they wrote to each other in character for months before filming. 
Yeah, that's that's where I draw a line. But you, but but I love Jeremy Strong. Exactly. <laughs> I know. But you can't me, choose one method actor. But I and can. not give no. Yes. No. You can't just support one method actor. You Listen. have to support the entire method or none at all. But I think that the rule should be as follows. And I, I, okay. I'm going to say right Let's here that it. I'm making this up. Let's hear it. If you would die for someone, like I would die for Jeremy. If it was me or Jeremy Strong, but would who you? should be alive? I would, would you really? Yeah. I was like, his work needs to be done okay. more than mine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you would die for the person, they're allowed to method act? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jared Leto, I would not die for. Okay? Daniel Day-Lewis, I would. Die for? Die for. Okay. I'm seeing a pattern. I'm thinking, or maybe I heard this. I don't want to make up stuff. Jenna Ortega, also kind of a method actor, I think. I'd die for her. She's great. I would, I, her work needs to be done. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's her work or my work, her work is doing the job right now. I don't so think she, I would die for anyone. Well, that's. Call me crazy. <laughs> you're not. I would not die for anyone except for Milo. I would jump in front of a car for him. His message needs to be spread to the world. I it's agree. being fuzzy and friendly. All right. Here's something for you. What Are is you sitting it? down? Are you ready for this? Am I sitting down? I think so. Okay. Did you know how necklaces work in movies and theater? No. So, you know, it's like when they like put a necklace on, it goes on really quickly. And you're always like, how'd they get that necklace on so quickly? I do wonder that. It's a magnet. You're lying. I'm not lying. It's a magnet? Yeah, it's a magnet. So the clip is just a magnet. What? Mm-hmm. What? Take that in. It's a magnet. How? Like, you know, when Troy gives Gabriella her necklace? Troy! <laughs> Tia's in Troy. Magnet. You're lying. No. Wow, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Movie magic. Movie magic. So now we've got the stairs to nowhere. Yes. The magnet necklace. I never knew that as long as I lived. And honestly, anything CGI will just make Jamie's brain explode. It It's actually been hard for me recently to watch movies with CGI because I can't focus on anything except for the fact that it is the coolest thing to ever be done ever. Like, the fact... I don't even know what CGI stands for, to be honest with you, but do you, do you, I've been, I, I've been wanting to talk about this, but I feel non-eruditical with not knowing what CGI stands for. Bring it back. But I hope everybody who's listening knows what CGI is, unless somebody maybe wants to tell me, because I'm going to Google it. Mommy don't have her phone in here, but CGI is the coolest thing to ever be because I just don't even know how it's done. I don't even know where to begin with it. I don't even know how to bring it up in a conversation. Because Computer generated imagery. Okay. So my, my question is then, Simple. is that a whole lot of coding that's happening? Because why, why those people need to be getting paid the most money. It's how I feel about teachers, like the most money. These people are fucking creating the most gorgeous settings that are not even real on a computer screen. But like, imagine like, you know how back in the day with animations and stuff like that, you have to draw everything out and it's all illustrations and then it's put together. This is the same. You still have to illustrate before you turn it into CGI. And it's, you're literally building a world. It's like the coolest thing ever. Like how, how do they do it? 
I don't I don't know. Did you know that they made up a they had to invent a new CGI for the Avatar movie? Like Those they had people. to create a whole entire new computer program and it, they did something where they were able so it wasn't just like these characters they were able to bring all of the actors faces into the characters so that they were expressing what the actors were expressing. I can't I can't. So it felt like even more realistic. That is beautiful. It could make me cry. Pretty cool. I, I think, think they won the Oscar for it because they've been inventing this system for the last like 10 years. But how smart do you have to be to figure Extremely. that out? You have to be like, th- that's as close as it gets to being the smartest people in the fucking world. Like genuinely to me. Yeah. I mean, you have to know computers. Like, I think it's, co- I don't know. I would assume it's like some form of coding. Oh my God, it's amazing. And I always say this, but the one place I really want to live in is Wakanda mm-hmm. because it's the most beautiful place in the world. And I wish that world lo- looked like that. And it's all, it's all CGI. It's not a real world. It's or so is it? cool. I don't know. I want to go there. You guys, if anyone has a plug to Wakanda, please let Jamie know. She will or, go with you to Wakanda. Or anybody at Disney, if you... Is it? Yeah, it's Disney. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Disney. Yeah. I love Disney Plus. <laughs> okay. So, anybody at Disney? I'm scared. <laughs> if you want to help a sister out, if you want to make a Wakanda um, world or a Wakanda ride or a Marvel world anywhere, I really They have. Where? They opened up. What is it? Um, Doctor Strange is there a lot. What? I love Doctor Strange, too. <laughs> the master of fingering. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'll tell you I felt some type of way. About Doctor Strange? Yeah. But were you a Benedict fan before? Nah. Yeah, what's that movie, the espionage movie that I like that he did? I oh, forgot what it was. The Imitation Game? Yeah, that was fire. Espionage, what a word. Yeah. They some call me an erudite. <laughs> I'm gonna start making you pay. Instead Every of time. swear words, it's erudite. Well, I think it's just something I'm longing to be. An erudite? Yes. Ah, yes. Okay, so now talking about what we really should be talking about. The thing that my brain does the most, and Bella's too, but apparently in very different ways. So this shall be an interesting chat because mm-hmm. I it's almost like a surprise motherfucker because I don't really know what she's about to say. Yeah. But it's one-sided because you know all of mine. Yes. So, you know. Intrusive thoughts. Yeah. What are they? Where do they come from? Why do we all have oddly different ones? That's a big question I have because Jamie's are like on the polar opposite scale of what mine could ever be. Yeah. But I mean, we were sort of talking about it as well, that intrusive thoughts or like the things that you're most aware about or shameful about come from like a really young age. And it's it's kind of what's been ingrained in you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter like where from it could be from like experiences in elementary school, at preschool even, like you don't even remember half of the reasons why you feel the way you do now, which is so weird to me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Bubbles. I think the bubbles are coming up. I think for me, like I've always had like random ass intrusive thoughts and they're not like detrimental, but they are like a little terrifying. Yeah. Where like I would never like do like... Okay, for example, when I was in high school, I would oftentimes think, like, what is stopping me from just getting up and screaming in the middle of this test? Did that ever happen to you where you'd be taking a test, you'd want to, like, rip your hair out of your head? Maybe this is a I think it's more experience. like what would happen if I just left. Because I think 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like mine are even like more like, like almost self-sabotaging in a way. When I have intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Where it's like I could leave, but that would just fail me. Like what would happen if I screamed? Yeah. Because I know what would happen if I laughed, I would fail. Right. But if I were to scream. Yeah. What would happen? I've never had a thought like that. Or like what is keeping me from driving my car into a tree? I think also, though, like yours is more a little bit more existential of like, are there real consequences or, and do things matter? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, those are more like, you know, because if you really like break it down, which is scary. And like when I talk about it, it freaks me out. But like all of the rules of the world in, in our society are just in place so that people like do as. Yeah. You know, so like if you take those away, like nothing really matters. Yeah. Like nothing. Like you could scream in the middle of a test. There's no rule for that. Exactly. But like there is this like weird overarching rule of like don't do that because it's inappropriate to do something like that. And that would maybe get you in trouble or cause concern. But it's not actually something you can't do. Yeah, exactly. That's what all my intrusive thoughts are. Like I'll have like, for example, I was expressing this one to you earlier. Sorry, I just got a text. I'm turning I my got phone a text. Off. Um, I got a text. Sorry about that. Sorry, I'm watching Love Island right now. Um, but I've like, got a text. And they say it. Sorry, they say it with an A in it. I've got a text. A text. Okay, continue about your intrusive. Well, you can go on. No, please. It's totally fine. No, go. I was just gonna say, like, like when I'm holding a knife, like I could stab myself, or like if there's fire, I do have a bit of a problem with fire. I like to play with it. Yes. Often. I do know that about you. Wait, have I ever... You know about Hide the Knives, right? Of course I know about Hide the Knives. I could tell them about Hide the Knives. No? You want to? Well, this is the reason I don't take edibles. I could tell that. Or no, not... It wasn't even edibles. It was smoking weed. But I was probably, like, not supposed to be smoking weed. I think I was, like, not old enough at the time. And I, like, found some. And I was like, let me get up in this bitch. And I was smoking so... I was smoking it like I was smoking a vape, you know, because like it just I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm no like to fucking take this down. And I took it and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm vibing. I'm just about to get into bed and then talk about intrusive thoughts like this. Like it was if you had stripped me of every single like I don't even know have the word for it. Like I, it was just like the worst thoughts you could possibly think of. And like the thoughts where I was like, oh, like what's stopping me from doing any of this stuff to myself, you know? And I was like, okay. So I literally walked downstairs and I locked myself in a bathroom. Cause, and so I say like, hide the knives. Cause like all of those thoughts were so bad. And I was like scared that not me as Jamie, obviously, but I thought that this like other character, like was going to do something like weird to myself. But like, I don't feel that way in general, like as Jamie, like, it's kind of hard to explain, but no, it was like this it. duality, like weird thing. And so now I'm like really scared of getting like too high. I will literally take like one hit and then I'll blow half out before I like inhale. It? Yeah, because I'm really afraid. Like I'm so yeah. that's why I'm like, oh, I don't think I could do ayahuasca or I could do any of those things because like without somebody watching me at every move, I would be terrified. But like me as me, I'm so scared of death. I'm so scared of all of those things. So I would never like act upon anything that was going to hurt me. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do know what you're saying. I think also what's important that we figured out with like intrusive thoughts and things like that specifically, which is why I know a lot more of Jamie's than she knows of mine because mine come and go really quickly. Whereas my queen over there can think about hers for hours. And I think what we have found that is helpful is talking about it with each other because then you have like a support system. Even if you're driving, like it's always the funniest thing if you're like, yeah, I was driving here and like I honestly was debating on crashing my car into a tree. Oftentimes, just someone else in the room will go, oh, my God, same. Yeah. You know, 100%. and it just makes you feel a little better that you're having those thoughts. Not alone. Not alone. And then if you're having thoughts that are like making you spiral or go crazy, it's nice to have someone who will help calm you down. And like, actually, because I think a lot of the times with intrusive thoughts, correct me if I'm wrong, they're often not very good for your mental. And also they're kind of delusional. And they're not based in any form of reality or truth. So it's nice to say them out loud so that someone else can say to you, like, hey. The thing about intrusive thoughts, though, as like, you know, psychologically or psychiatrically implemented is they're actually like a really like a very large symptom of OCD. So like, you know how like people kind of think that OCD is you know, your room's messy. You need to clean it up. No, it's, it's obsessive like, compulsive. Yeah. So those obsessive compulsive can happen through intrusive thoughts where it's just like, you can't move like an inch without thinking of like the thing you don't want to be thinking about. And you, you don't know how, like it's, I always kind of think that I have like some form of OCD because I can't like, it's, it's impossible for me to shut it down by myself without somebody being like, Hey, like this is happening to you. And here's like a tool to fix it. You know, like I have tools, but it's what really are some hard. of the tools. Tell them like visualization stuff, which like you just pick like a really happy place for that. You weren't having those intrusive mm -hmm. thoughts and you think of somebody that you love there with you. And then that usually like subsides it a little bit or um, what are other ones? You you like look around the room and like you ground yourself in like the space that you're in and you're like, okay, well there's some orchids. Okay. There's a lamp and there's Lauren. And like, those are three things that like make you either like feel safe or make you realize like the room that you're actually in. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. Like when I used to have like intrusive thoughts about like I, being scared that someone was going to come into my house at night or something like that, I'd be like, okay, like I'm in my childhood room. There's my painting, there's my dresser. And like, there's a book on my side table that I love and like, that's it, you know? And then you can like, it kind of goes away. But the issue that I think is so hard with those is like, once they go away, they come back, you know? And like, I don't know if that is like that for everybody, but it definitely, and depending on like mental states, like does come back pretty frequently. And it's hard to do that every time because then you get super frustrated. Yeah. And then you feel like a lot of shame about having those. And then you're like, I don't know. Like, I've tried everything. I don't know what to do, so I don't want to do anything. I think it's important because you mentioned shame that, like, we also stress that obviously we live in a society now in a world where it's very much like it stresses positivity and always thinking highly of yourself and being like, I'm OK. Like, I'm going to talk nicely to myself and I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. It's like everything's OK. Like, I can't be I can't be down. Like, I have to be happy because that's what the books are telling me and the podcast and the people mm. and the world and everything. And I think. What we just need to express to everyone listening is that it's actually completely fine to have intrusive thoughts or feel negatively about yourself or not feel happy when you wake up in the morning, having anxiety. Like those are all very 
normal human things. And I think oftentimes the shame comes from the fact that it's like, why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't feel this way when it's like, you can just accept it. You can cry. That's the one thing I think that's so important that needs to be talked about more because I love to cry. Like my favorite thing ever is just crying because I need to. And it's your body's form of releasing something. And it's like, oftentimes when you're like, I'm just going to start crying. And I'm like, okay, cry, you know, but it's so like, but it feels so vulnerable vulnerable and painful. But at the same time, like think about the aftermath of it. Like, I think if we could just create a stigma around crying, that's, and like, don't go like having fits in the street and crying in front of strangers. Like there is something that will just make people uncomfortable, but (laughs) If you are with a close friend or you're alone or anything, like you can just let it out. And I think it's okay. You don't need to like bundle it all up and like keep it inside of you. Cause I think that helps in all forms of it. And it relieves a sense of shame when it's, when you know, like, okay, it's fine. I can do this. Yeah. Again, like, I think that's all sort of how crying was framed to you. Or, I mean, I don't know. For you, maybe you came up with your own definition of like what crying means to you, you know, but I like think I did it on my own. Yeah. Like I, I always thought that crying was associated with like being dramatic or being a victim or being like fearful about things that don't really matter. And like, so when I cry, it's like layered with this, like, you're a fucking crazy person for crying. Like you're causing other people like stress. You're draining other people by crying. So like I whenever I'm crying, I'm like, don't fucking do it. You yeah. know? And like, I, yeah. I just think when I, maybe this will help you and anyone listening who has the same thoughts, but whenever I'm crying or like feel anxious and want to cry or just like, don't feel good. And like tears start coming instead of putting anything on it. That's like societal or like what you've been told or what you've learned through anything. It's just, I think about it in the sense of like, this is my body it is doing this. That means it has to do this for a reason. And there's nothing else put on it other than the fact that it's like, okay, it needs to cry right now. It's it being me is going to cry right now. And there's going to be no like ego or shame or anything attached to it. It's like, okay. It's like sometimes when you have too much energy and you're like, I'm just going to go run a mile because I feel insane. Yeah. There's like nothing to that other than it's just like a displacement of something else in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's important to remind yourself when it comes to everything because obviously there's a lot of shame and guilt and like learned things around emotions specifically and like jealousy or anger or whatever it may be like you're taught to try and not have it but I think what's important is actually to allow yourself to have it or else it turns it becomes like worse to you and then it makes it worse in the end if you're shaming yourself for it. Right. I know. I mean, that's Does that like, make sense? makes complete sense. And like, it's amazing that you've kind of learned how to do that, you know? And I love crying. Yeah. I just get like nervous again, like it's just anxiety and whatever, but I get nervous that I'm going to like indulge it so much that it's going to become who I am, you know? And like, well, I think you have to have your safe space. Yeah. To cry. Like you can cry with me. You can cry in your bed. Like I really don't recommend going on the street and crying. Like I think yeah. that's actually a terrible idea. Yeah. I like scream ugly cried at Stevie Nicks last week. Like I really did. You know like, what? Every time she She's plays worth her music, it. I just start crying. When she does that little, I, I don't remember who told me this and I don't know, but like when Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac, for anybody who doesn't know who Stevie Nicks is, that would be a crime 
but um she does these like little turns on stage like she'll like take her little tambourine she'll like lift her like cape thingy and she'll like turn around apparently when she does that she's actually like like sending out like these crazy good vibes to everybody who's listening to her like she's basically casting everybody under like a really positive spell or something but anyways that happens to me every time i see her like the minute she will open her mouth or i like hear any of the like music tones of it i just start bawling crying it's like the weirdest thing ever i feel like that makes sense though yeah because it's like so overwhelming and so beautiful Mm -hmm. that like i don't know that just makes total sense to me yeah. Also, because I've been to enough concerts with you and watched you cry at all of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Brandy Carlisle also makes Jamie cry. If yeah. you want to make Jamie cry, play right on time in harmony. Yes. There's two versions. There's in a normal harmony. one and there's in harmony. If you just want to make her cry a little bit. I think if we cried more, there'd be less anger in the world. I swear. That's really fair. I swear. I think that's why movies are so important. That's why I find them so important, at least. Because it gives you this, like, sense of relief and also point of view through someone else's eyes that's why i think the whale is such an important movie because it's so easy to judge people for the way they look and it's so easy to put like your own thoughts on someone like oh they're lazy oh they're that oh they're this but it's like people who are overweight often is an ocd thing and it's like a compulsive eating problem and Mm -hmm. like it is so heartbreaking and i think that's why movies are important because it like allows you to see what happens behind closed doors. And I think that's why the whale was so important because it's all set in his little apartment. It never leaves that room, the entire movie. It's like a two wow. hour movie. It's Is a play. It sort of a play, yeah, I was gonna say. It's based on a play. Oh, wow. And I have it here if you want to read it. But um, I think that's why everything that you consume is also important to your health and the way you look at things. Because when you consume things that make you think past yourself and like past your own point of views, that's what like makes you grow and expand as a human. And I think that's why, I don't know. That's why I like watching all the movies that I watch. Cause it like creates this, like you watch this guy, his name's Charlie and he goes through this emotional roller coaster of like almost losing his kid, like all of this stuff. And then it ends and you're sitting there and you're just like questioning everything about life and it keep it takes you like out of the intrusive thoughts or whatever it is and it makes you think like puts things wow i'm not i'm not alone yeah there are other people out there struggling and even if it's not if it's a fictional person you can think about it and realize like there are other people on this earth it's like that another intrusive thought we always talk about where it's like there's someone who drives by you on the street you'll never see them again but like we're all just people on this earth in the same city like it's weird yeah it's really weird and it's like kind of one of the other ideas of like, don't judge a book by its cover because you don't know what's going on behind mm-hmm. closed doors. You could see like the most beautiful, put together, stunning person like walking down the street and their life could just be like crumbling internally. And you don't know that. And you yeah. got to like hold space because then it's so easy to judge and like be mean towards someone that you mm-hmm. think is like put together when they're not. Yeah. 100%. I don't know. Really good Sorry point. if that was a rant. No, a not at all. And I think it's just true. And like all of these things like need to be said and need to be heard and need to be discussed, you know, like all of the, I think everybody also, again, I'm having a thing with social media right now. I'm currently off of my Instagram because it was really causing me a lot of intrusive thoughts and weird like comparison cycles to people. Like I literally don't even know, 
you know, I'm like, oh my God, well, they look so good in this. They must be having a really great life. And I'm like, I look, I'm like staring at videos of myself for like hours a day. And I'm like, I like look like I have a mosquito bite on my face or like all these like little random things. You know what I mean? And even if those are not true, it's like, I need to get rid of that. But because of that, it's like, you only see people from a surface level on social media, you know, like you're literally only seeing what people want you to see and you start to believe it because it's like what you're consuming. It's curated perfectly. So like when you see someone walking down the street, it almost feels like you're in some like, this is getting weird conspiracy, but like you're almost in some like social media simulation where you're like diagnosing these people and being like, okay, like this person has like really nice style and like their hair is really clean and they have like, you know what I mean? Like they must be living a great life. And like, again, exactly what you said. It's just not the truth. Like everybody has struggles. Everybody's going through something. And it's nice to be like reminded, like, or tapped into thinking about things from like a perspective outside of your own, you know? I think that's also kind of helpful, at least for me when like, I wouldn't say I necessarily have intrusive thoughts, but I do think I struggle a bit with anxiety and like social anxiety, as we've talked about before and those kinds of things. And I think that's one of the number one things. I think it's helpful and also harmful the way I think about certain things, but I think it is helpful in the sense that I'm like, okay, I'm one person like, and my brain's a part of me. So obviously it's going to think about myself, but then I think about it and I'm like, okay, in the grand scheme of everything, this is your little life. Mm -hmm. And there are many lives being lived and you don't need to be so like, hard on every little thing that you have done because truthfully people are really only thinking about themselves that's when like I think of things that are like embarrassing and stuff I'm like okay but like that that still sticks with me but like it's excuse me wall it's still (laughs) like left it's left everyone else's head yeah I think also everyone should get themselves a friend that they can confide in Yes. A mother, a dog even. Like, I talked to Milo. Yeah. He listens to me and my struggles in this world. Just mom, dad, friend, sister, brother, dog, hamster, squirrel, spider. (laughs) Hamster, squirrel. Wet. Frog even. Fish. Something you can talk to. I would say a human that also can understand what you're saying to them would be probably the best option. Milo understands quite a lot. He does. And I will tell you something, listeners. I've been having like a little bit like me and Milo have been having a bit. Oh, you're going to tell them about your problems with Milo? Jamie and Milo are fully beefing right now. No, we're not. We are obsessed with each other in like a way. Like he knows I'm his aunt. Yeah. He knows that we're very close and connected. But He's been being like a little bit exclusive with Mm -hmm. me recently. Like he's just not like he still comes and greets me and gives me like a little love, but the love goes away so quickly and he's off to the next thing. And I'm like, why are you excluding me out of your love, Milo? Like I'm so obsessed with you. And I would, again, like Jenna Ortega or um, (laughs) all the other method actors that I mentioned, I would die for Milo. So I'm just wondering why he doesn't kind of reciprocate He's not reciprocating back right now. He's just, as we say, he's in his um, awkward teenage phase where he doesn't want, he's embarrassed by everyone who's like a mom figure to him. He's like, get, get away from me. I want my time with the boys. I need to hang out with my boys. Mom, stop kissing my head. Mom, that's what it is. (sighs) Mom, stop. He'll like, I'll pet him and he'll be like, and then he'll like scurry away. And I'm like, oh my God, so mean and raised you. Oh my God, my Now you're being a little freaking brat. We watched that 
TED Talk with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlinson and what they talk about, how important female friendships are and how important women are to other women and how strong and wonderful the bond is. Men too. You guys can do it with each other. But like, I'm just talking <laughs> from like, do on I'm just talking else. from personal experience. I'll just go along the board of friendship. Just find someone that you can talk to and rely on and trust. Trust is really important. You don't want your friends like taking in your gossip and then turning around and like telling other people that's not gossip, but like your own things and turning it into gossip is what I should say. That's what life's about. Finding out who you can and can't trust. Yep, it's and just you one keep big... the ones around that you can trust. Keep them around. And nail polish sister community, we trust you all. That's why we're saying it to you. Because you are in the Jamie and Bella show. I hope you learned something here. You took something away from our rambling once again. Um, we'll be back in a second with surprise, motherfucker. Joe me in my tummy. I love a chili chile. A chili chili chile. Chili chili chile. Chili chili chile. All right, guys, welcome back to another segment we call. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, welcome back to another segment we call Surprise Motherfucker. Today, Lauren sent us an article. The article. It's called Get Comfortable with Feeling Uncomfortable. It is from behavioralscientist.org. We will have it on our Instagram in the highlight section. So be sure to check it out and read it. Um, Jamie, tell me, what do you think about it? I'll tell you. Honestly, this article was triggering for me because it's such a reoccurring theme in my life. Okay. And how I'm like really afraid of being uncomfortable, even though like I do things that are in discomfort and I do sometimes live through my discomfort and I've been there and I've been like, I totally understand, you mm -hmm. know, but like once you get out of it, it's almost like a muscle where you have to keep forcing yourself to be in uncomfortable situations in order to like keep up with being okay with it, if that makes yeah. sense. So I'm currently in a phase where I don't want to be embarrassed ever or do anything weird or uncomfortable, but I'll get there and I have some plans to do it, which I can't tell you yet, but I will. Anyways. So that was so big. That was so like sneaky. Yeah, it was sneaky. I can't, I can't tell. Um, but what I will say is first of all, shout out second city, um, for single-handedly making my life, funding your life. Yes. <laughs> Both my dad and my uncle and my brother, actually, all three of them studied at second city. They like praise it from the Lord. Every single Every single like advice conversation I've had with them always comes down to like something they've learned in Second City, honestly, and like how doing improv actually can like make you such a strong person like mm -hmm. in your life, but also like free you up and make you a really good actor. Just to clarify, this article was written by a woman who had done a improv improv class at second city and mm -hmm. the part of the classes where they started off was like an icebreaker where they called it a give focus group exercise where everyone else had to freeze and you had one person had to run around like or dance or just do something that's like outside of your comfort zone to like loosen everybody up so that's why jamie mentioned Sorry, second thank city you for explaining that got i you. forgot no i got you don't worry because it's easy to forget that like because like i know you read the article yeah, so but i'm like not everyone else yeah. has read the article 100p um and just to give a little background, because sorry, this is a little jumbled. disjointed. Yes. But um, the entire article is about how 
two women discovered, started studying. So they took this improv class. They learned this uncomfortable situation, made them like gross. They did a whole entire study. What's it called again? Like give focus or something? Give focus, yeah. Yeah. They did an entire study on um, seeking and embracing discomfort and improvisation as well in other areas of personal growth. So what they did was they like asked, they split people into focus groups and then put people in knowingly uncomfortable situations and then didn't put the other group, like the other test group, they were like neutral. And what they found was the people in the knowingly uncomfortable situations often reported like growing and learning and understanding more things and like their discomfort ended up helping them. They tested it in writing in improv in viewpoints with like politics. Like they had Republicans read from democratic democratic news. news and Democrats read from Republican news and Overall, anyone who was put in an uncomfortable situation actually like ended more up more motivated to yeah, do it or something. Ended right? up learning. Ended up like it's like a it's like a, a like a reward loop of like when you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation enough times, your body's able to flip it and turn it into mm-hmm, like a, a positive, positive cue, and then when that positive cue rewards you with like a dopamine thing, and then you want to do it all over again. So what they were saying is essentially the study showed like if you like when you're working out in a gym and you have muscle pain that's your body in an d- uncomfortable situation. But if you do that enough, your body then turns that into like, you want to go back to the gym. You want to mm-hmm. feel that feeling again, because it's no longer like painful, but it's rather like I'm getting stronger or whatever your brain has like flipped it into. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because I don't like to put myself in uncomfortable situations. I'll do it in like really random settings, mm-hmm. like in an art form, mm-hmm. like improv and whatever. I- I- I'm fine with it. I don't know why, but like, when I'm not in a performing setting, I hate it. Like, I don't like going to dinners. I get horrible anxiety before. I'm like, what are we going to talk about? Like, if you don't see someone for a while and you're like, oh my God, this is going to be the most awkward dinner ever. And then I cancel because I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And this article made me think I should probably start going and doing things because that discomfort will teach me that I actually probably... Well, I think like also like, I mean, this is just a tool. Like, ask yourself when that comes up, like is this uh, this discomfort or this uncomfort, whatever, is that going to compromise me as a human being? You know what I mean? Because like you actually usually get to those dinners or do whatever and you're completely fine. And then it teaches you that like you can continue to do those things with the muscle memory and stuff like that. You know, when you go to a bad dinner? Yeah. Then what? But that's one out of how many, you know? Yeah, well. And like, I actually, what's really funny is I'm kind of the opposite. Like you're much better at like socializing than I will ever be. Yeah, because like I I put myself in enough uncomfortable situations socially where I'm like, that's eh, all going to be good, you know, but in terms of like performing and stuff like that, I have I think it's because people are watching me like and you know what I mean? Like when I'm on stage in such I'm an like, intense way. yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, that's why I if I can break through this one like embarrassment thing that I have and like that's going to be putting myself in an uncomfortable situation to fail. I think that failure and like making a fool of yourself and all of that stuff is like the most incredible thing you can do for expansion and self-growth. Like that's remember Brene Brown's book, um, Darren Greatly, like she has that Theodore Roosevelt quote in the beginning of her book where she's like, it's the man in the arena quote. And I love that quote because it's like the person who's like in the arena, like falling down and like you know, in blood and sweat and tears, like rolling around looking like an idiot. Who's the person who has the most courage? Yeah. You know, because it's like everybody who's judging and and like watching and doing all that stuff. 
they're just watching as an observer. They're not doing it. Yeah. So I think that's like what that article like reminded me of, of just being like, you wake up the next day, like you do something embarrassing, really embarrassing in a class and you run around and you dance and you make yourself look like an idiot. You're going to wake up the next day and you're still you, you know? Yeah. I think that's very true. I think that's fair. I also think what was very interesting about it was besides that, obviously, which is a good way to think about it, but the fact that it actually is positive for you in the long run, Mm -hmm. because when you're in an uncomfortable situation, it doesn't feel necessarily positive because you're uncomfortable and you hate everything about it. But then overall, it helps you short term discomfort for like long term growth or something like that. Which I thought was, it's exactly what you're saying, but it's so important. And you also, another advice moment, like find somebody who pushes you, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, hot takes? Hot takes. Honestly, corduroy's in for me. Okay. Right um, my hot take is I haven't talked about magic in a while. And I just want to let you guys all know that I do still very much love David Blaine. And I still love magic and all of the Now You See Me movies. I just, it's been like, what, 10 episodes without me mentioning magic <laughs> and David Blaine. So once again, David Blaine. This is for you if you want to come on the podcast, even though Jamie declared last week we're no longer having guests, you don't count. You're my best friend. Yeah. So thank you. There are exceptions to the rules, guys, you know, like David Blaine, Blaine. you are the number one exception. You are the the only exception exception. and you are the only. Also, another hot take. You is Fire. Oh my god, if you haven't watched part two of you, it's fucking it. out. And you're gonna freak out. The writers, as we said yesterday, we're working, working overtime. overtime. Please rate, like, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nail Polish Sisters is hosted and produced by Jamie Belushi and Bella Giannulli. Produced by Lauren Boone. Edited by Jordan Fair. Original music by Joey Cars. The, the Nail, Nail Polish, Polish Sisters, Sisters is a Gulfstream Studios production. And if you've made it this far, 100 points. <laughs>